Welcome to the Clovercrest Baptist Church podcast. For more information about Clovercrest Baptist Church, go to clovercrest.com.au. I wonder if you've ever been heading off on a journey, but as you've been heading towards a set destination, you've ended up going off course. I remember the year was 2000, and uh, I was in year seven on a school camp in a place called the Cathedral Ranges, which is located in the northeast of Victoria. Now, as part of this uh, school camp, we were doing a heap of different activities around the ranges and uh, one of the activities that we got to participate in was an orienteering activity. So pretty much we got paired up with someone, we were going to navigate the bush together. We needed to find 13 locations that had been planted by our teachers, collect an item or do a hole punch in our sheet of paper or highlight something depending on what we found when we got there. Now to navigate this this challenge, I guess, that was being put out in front of us, we were given a map and a compass. Now, as a 13-year-old lad, let's be honest, I haven't had too much time with a map, let alone have any time with a compass. So I'm like, got my compass in my hand, I'm just trying to flick it to see what this thing will do, not really paying attention to any real key instructions that we may be getting at that time. Pretty much the teacher gives out the map and the, the compass to everyone, gets everyone back together and says, all right, You've got two hours. All the best. We'll see you back at base camp once you've got all 13. So we're on our way and initially I looked at the map and some things looked familiar, like the toilet block. It's like, yep, I know where that is or other activities that we had done. So some landmarks were familiar. But then there was other things that weren't so familiar. So once we did the initial kind of swoop of what was close to camp, we then had to push out into the bush. Now, I'm the type of person that gets a bit competitive. So even though this is not, you know, the amazing race or anything like that, I thought I'd channel my inner competitive side and go, I want to beat everyone at orienteering. So I'm chatting with my partner going, how about we just go off the main track? Surely it's not that hard to just bush bash, use a map, throw a compass around. Like, what could go wrong if we did that? Sounded like a good idea. So we kind of, instead of staying on the main track, we kind of veered right and went, you know what, kind of look at the map. We think the next thing, the next station is this way. So we kind of push through the bush and we keep pushing through the bush for the next 30 to 45 minutes, just kind of going along the way, but not kind of seeing any track. And after doing that for about 45 minutes of just bush bashing, we came to the conclusion, I think we're lost. I think we've gone a little bit off course. So then we decided the next main track that we find, if we just keep going straight, we'll stay on. We won't detour any further. Well, it took us about another 10, 15 minutes and we come across the main track. We step out. We're like, yes, awesome. We're back on track. Kind of. And we're like looking around, trying to get familiar with our surroundings, looking at our map, trying to figure this all out. And we're still trying to figure out how do we get to the next base? How do we even just get back home? And then we hear a little bike bell go ding ding and we think bike bell our teacher comes riding around the corner and we're thinking to ourselves why are you here but thank goodness that you are here and uh he comes around and he says 
are you boys lost? And we're like, uh, yep. Well, he gets off his bike and he says, here, let me show you how to read the map. So he's like telling us a few things to look out for in the map, shows us how to use the compass, and then kind of like sends us off on our way. And he goes riding down the hill, just kind of this random teacher riding around in the forest. <laughs> but based on the instructions that we got uh, from that point where we could locate where we were and how we could get to the next thing, it helped us to actually achieve the, t- the, c- the task and to stay on course. And as I reflect on this uh, experience, the reason why we were able to stay on course, the reason why we were able to achieve the task in front of us is that we had someone show us how we could do it. Yet when someone hadn't shown us, it was easy for us to drift and to drift off course. And, you know, when we head off course, sometimes we can end up in a space and a place that we don't expect. Now, this doesn't just happen to some year seven lads that are walking around in the northeast of Victoria, but actually it can happen to any single, uh, any one of us. It can happen in our lives. We can have moments where we drift. We drift in who we are. We drift in the things that we value. We drift in the things that we believe. And when this happens, we can find ourselves off course in our life. This can happen when we stop paying attention to the direction that our life is going. We can drift and go off course in our life when we start filtering the voices and the thinking in our life, going, you know what? I'm going to do things that just work for me, the things that give me satisfaction and not necessarily move me closer to the things of God. Yet let's be honest, it's easy to find us in ourselves in a place where we drift off course. Which leads me to this question then. How do we stay on course? And how can we keep moving towards our true north God? And as we explore these questions today, we're going to continue this series where we've kind of dropped the anchor on the book of Titus. And if you've got your Bibles with you, I invite you to turn to Titus chapter 2. We're going to kind of focus in on 10 verses uh, this week. And we're going to do the next part uh, in the following week when Mike is back. Now, a little bit more about this community in Titus chapter 2. It's a community that has gone off course. They've lost their true north. So Paul is writing letters to Titus around, hey, how can we get this community back on track? How can we get them back on course? And one of the reasons why this community has kind of gone off course is there's a whole heap of false teaching flying around. There's these wild ideas, these philosophies floating around, and people are grabbing hold of them and living these things out, but it's generating a disconnect in the Jesus that they claim to follow and how they're actually living their life. So Paul writes to Titus saying, hey, this is how we can help people stay on course, help them find their true north. We're going to read from Titus chapter 2 in the New Living Translation. This is what it says. As for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect and to live wisely. They, have, they must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These old women must train the young women to love their husbands and their children. Verse 5, to live wisely and pure, to work in their homes, to do good and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. Verse 6, 
In the same way, encourage your young men to live wisely. And you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and the seriousness of your teaching. Teach the truth so that your teaching can't be criticized. And then those who oppose us will be ashamed and have nothing bad to say about us. Verse 9. Slaves must obey their masters and do their best to please them. They must not talk back or steal, but must show themselves to be entirely trustworthy and good. Then they'll make the teaching about God, our Savior, attractive in every way. So how can we be people how we can stay on course. The way we're going to engage with this text, because there's a lot in that text, is we're kind of like going to zoom out. Let's call it drone view. We're going to kind of go above the text and we're going to kind of pull out the key themes and ideas that are going to help us stay on course. So the first thing that we can do is we need to have a clear direction of where we are going. You know, we see this community, they're not short of people telling them how to live their lives. It's kind of like, let's give the example of kind of being in a car full of people and you're heading to a destination and everyone has an opinion. Everyone has an idea of how we can get to that spot. And you're kind of like, wow, there's all these passenger drivers giving me four different ideas. Or if you have a van, eight different people give me ideas around how we can get to this destination without even knowing, are they even right? It's kind of like the same in this community. There are so many voices telling them how they can live, how they can live their best life. But because there's so many voices flying around telling them how to live, they've become inconsistent in their living. They've become inconsistent in their faith. And it became noticeable in their actions. So Paul writes to Timothy outlining, you know what? You need to teach this community. You need to teach them a few key things so that they can head in the right direction. The first thing that Paul emphasizes is you need to teach them what to believe. It says this in the Passion Translation of Titus uh, chapter 2, verse 1. Your duty is to teach them to embrace a lifestyle that is consistent with sound doctrine. Now, there's a word we don't get to throw around a lot, doctrine. But pretty much what is saying in this text is saying, Titus, you need to teach this community to know what to believe about God and why they should believe it. Secondly, you need to teach them how to carry themselves. Verses 2 to 4 outlines some really key things about how people were to carry themselves. Pretty much saying, hey, you need to be people that are worthy of respect. You need to be people that are self-controlled, free of gossip, free of addiction. You need to be people that are sound in faith. Because Paul knows how we carry ourselves says a whole lot about what we believe. Thirdly, he says, teach them endurance, that the life we're called to as people of faith isn't just something to be some quick fix that we do for a period of our life or to be some spiritual fling that we do from time to time, but actually going, hey, this life that we're being called to is actually for the rest of our lives. It's not just for a moment, it's for now and for the rest of our lives. Yet I wonder, do we have clear direction of where we are going? Do we have clear direction around what we believe and why we believe it? Do we have a clear direction of how we carry ourselves at our work, where we study, uni, school, in our relationships, maybe in our marriage? Do we have a clear direction of how we carry ourselves? Do we have a mindset 
of this is not just something we do for a period of our life where we live this. We're actually going to live this for all our days. The second thing is to show the way by demonstrating how we can live. You know, for Titus, he's, he's, challenged, he's being challenged by Paul to be an example. It says this in Titus 2 verse 7 in the New Living Translation. And you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind and let everything you do reflect the integrity and the seriousness of your teaching. Paul recognizes if this community that is off track is going to come back on track, it's going to be because they need someone to show them how to live. They need someone to show them how they can do this. You know, for example, I know in my own life, if I'm heading towards a destination, sometimes people give me like the verbal instructions of how to get there. I'm not sure if you've ever experienced that. People say, drive down that road, then take a right, then a left, go straight, go through that roundabout, then take another right. Like it just kind of goes over my head. You're just kind of like, yep, yep, you're trying to picture it, but it's just like, nope, I'm not going with you. Part of me just says, tell me where I'm going. Send me a drop pen. Let me put it into my Google Maps. Let me see it for myself. Show me how I can get there. And you know, it's kind of the same in life. We need people to show us how we can do certain things. And Paul's like, if this community, if this community of people is going to follow Jesus and his teaching, we need to show them how they can do that. And the way that we'll do this is by showing people with integrity, by embracing the significance of what we're teaching. You know, other translations talks about the seriousness of what we are talking about. He's saying, you know, we're going to show people by being an example to others. And when it comes to being an example, it's not about, hey, look at me, look at how great I am, look at all the cool things that I can do, but it's demonstrating the way that we can live. And throughout Scripture, we see constant examples of us being called to be people that are to show the way, to model the way to others. But I guess the question is this. Who's showing us the way? Who's showing us how we can live? But are we prepared to show someone else how they can live? So if there's two things that we can do to stay on course, we need to have a clear direction we need to show the way, then I think we need to have a reason why. A clear, compelling reason why. And you know what? This chapter, verse 10, really ties it up, gives us a compelling reason why we should do these particular things. Why should we live a life that stands out to other people? Verse 10 says this, Then they will make the teaching about God, our Saviour, attractive in every way. Maybe even highlight that in your Bible. Attractive in every way. Not just attractive to the believer or the unbeliever, but attractive to everyone. Because personally, I believe there's something attractive about someone who knows who they are. Personally, I believe that there's something attractive about someone who knows what they believe and why they believe it. Personally, I believe there's something attractive about someone who is self-controlled, free of gossip, a person who is a person of integrity. I believe it's attractive when we're people that set an example who are consistent in how we live day in and day out. I believe that's attractive. 
Because here's what I know. People notice how we live our lives. There are two people that cornered me when I worked as a personal trainer many years ago. The first guy, I'd never really seen much before. I was kind of minding my own business, doing my thing, and uh, walking up to the front desk. And this guy stops me on the stairs, doesn't ask my name, and just says this, are you a Christian? Um, I was like, uh, yep. I was thinking to myself, and my name's Dubsy. Nice to meet you. <laughs> he says, I asked you that question because I've noticed some things about you. I was like, okay. He goes, I've noticed the way that you treat other people. I notice how you talk. You talk different to people around here. And he goes, you're similar to me. So I thought, he has to be a Christian. He can't just be a good person doing all those things, can he? So he goes, I just had to corner you and ask you. I said, thanks. But how I was living was attractive. Not that I was walking around going, gee, I want to be attractive today. (laughs) Even though from time to time I put a bit of effort into my hair. But I didn't walk around the gym going, that's, that's why I'm doing it. I'm just living out what I believe to be true, what I'm called to live out. This other client, she cornered me too after doing boot camp class. And a bit similar, and made some observations about how I was living my life. She's like, yeah, you treat people with like real respect and dignity. You listen, like you care, like... And her way of putting language around it was, there's something different about you. I can't figure out what, but there's just something different. And she goes, you've got me curious. You've got me thinking what different Dubsy is. I said, hey, I'd love to talk about it sometime. And you know what? She kept turning up to boot camp. She kept turning up with her husband. And she kept giving more observations about different things that I was doing. And then she came to a point going, I just just need to know. Like, what makes you, you? And at that point, I shared about my faith, shared about how Jesus is shaping how I live every single day. And you know what? That opened the door for a conversation with, with her, with her husband, around faith, because people notice how we live our lives. People take note. And you know what, both those people, that was like 15 years ago, are still people that are in my life and world now. They still notice. They notice how I live. But ask an interesting question. Is our faith attractive? Is our faith attractive to people? Maybe let's just push it like a a little bit further and maybe enter into a little bit of discomfort, all right? But let's all go in there together. When people look at our lives, do they see Jesus? Or do they see something else? Would they see Jesus 
in how we live? Or would they see something else? Is there a disconnect between the Jesus that we claim to follow and how we actually live our lives? Look, anyone can put on a a show in a faith community, but who are you really when no one's looking? Who are you really in your workplace? Who are you really in your relationships? And with the people in your life and world, would they even know based on our actions that there's something different about us? Or are we just doing what everyone else is doing? Because faith should be attractive. Faith should capture the attention of people. People should notice there's a difference in how we live, in how we speak, in how we treat others. So how do we stay on course? Well, we need to stay on course by having a clear direction. We stay on course by showing the way. And we do that because we actually have a reason why. Yet if there's only one thing you remember out of everything that we talk about today, I want you to remember this one thing. We stay on course when we know who and what we're heading towards. We stay on course when we know who and what we're heading towards. Otherwise, it's easy to find ourselves drift and ultimately maybe find ourselves in a place where we're off course. And I love it if you just close your eyes for a moment as we just take a moment to reflect on on where we're really at and to evaluate the course that we are on right now. Wherever you are, evaluate the course. You know, as you reflect on who you are, how you're living right now, you might say, hey, Dubsy, the course I'm on, like I'm, I'm crushing it. Like I'm, it's good, I'm cruising. But maybe you're here with us today. And if you're honest with yourself, you would say maybe there's a drift. Maybe you're drifting in certain areas of your life. And that drift is taking you to a place that is off course. Maybe you're here and maybe you're with us and maybe you would say, you know what, if I'm honest, I'm completely off course. And maybe that's in your connection and your relationship with God. Maybe it was something that used to be in part of your life and world, but for whatever reason, it's not. Maybe there's been a drift and you said, you know what, it's, it was important, but it's not important anymore. Maybe part of today is changing the course and saying, you know what, I'm going to get back on course. I'm going to follow Jesus with my whole life. Maybe you're drifting, maybe in the areas of your belief about God. And I really sensed um, the Holy Spirit just speak to me around that there's people joining us today. Now, this is a key drifting point there are people that are exploring different ideas and philosophies, ways of trying to get to God that are not of God, that are contradicting to His Word, His nature, His character. But I sense the invitation is to come back on course. Maybe if you're honest and you reflect 
Maybe it's in the area of how you're carrying yourself right now. You know, maybe you really resonate with this community that we've been looking at. There's a disconnect in their faith and how they were living. You know, you could be here and say, yeah, look, I have no problems believing Jesus, following Jesus. But maybe you're not following the teachings, living them out. And maybe part of today is realigning the course in how you carry yourself. And today's about adjusting back to our true north, our true north, which is God. And you know, as I was praying for us today, I really sensed that God, that God gave me this picture of a, a railway line, this main railway line going straight down the middle, but with tracks breaking off from the side. And I sensed the invitation for us today is a, an invitation of realignment to the course, to stop breaking away from the things of God and to actually realign our, our beliefs, who we are, our lives to the main track again. So I'm just gonna pray for some people while we're in this moment. You know, if we kind of went through those things just then and you're honest with yourself, you'd say, yeah, there's a drift. What I'm gonna invite you to do, instead of maybe raising your hand, cause you know, it's pretty personal talking about there's a disconnect in how we live our lives. What I'm gonna invite you to do, just where you are, is just to open your eyes, just where you are. And that's just my way of identifying who am I praying for in this space? I'm not gonna point at you or call you out in any way. But say, hey, Dubsy, if I'm honest with myself, there's a disconnect between the Jesus that I claim to follow and how I live my life. And I'd love to pray for you in this, in this moment. Awesome, thank you. So if that's you, just open your eyes right now, just so I know who that is. I'm not gonna ask you to put your hand up. I'm not gonna call you out, but thank you, thank you, thank you. We're doing this as just to create a safe space. But also it's an opportunity to acknowledge before God going, yeah, that's me if I'm honest. Father, we thank you so much for the honesty and the vulnerability wherever people are, for those that are on the room, for those that are joining us online. We thank you for the vulnerability of this moment saying, God, if I'm honest, there's this, this disconnect between this Jesus that I sing about, this Jesus that I declare to follow and how I live my life. And Father, I thank You that You're a God of forgiveness. You're a God of grace. You're a God of new beginnings. And Father, I just pray right now that they would be experiencing Your grace and Your forgiveness in this moment. But Lord, fresh empowerment to live their life with integrity, with character, God. And God, I pray, Lord, for those moments when it feels like we're not sure what to do, God. We pray, Lord, that You would speak to us, that You would realign us in the moment. Jesus, we wanna be Your people. We wanna live our life and our faith in such a way that is attractive to other people. We wanna make Jesus look good by how we live our lives. And God, I just pray, Lord, right now, just that realignment back to You, back to Your Word. And God, we just pray for those that have been exploring 
maybe new ideas, philosophies, things that are, that are not birthed from the heart of God. And God, I pray just to call back to your word, a call back to your scripture. And God, I pray, Lord, as people re-engage with your word, with scripture, I pray, Lord, that words would jump off the page, that people would encounter you as they read your word, God. And that the thing that they're searching for, God, the thing that they are longing for deep within themselves will be found in your word. Reveal yourself, God, in such a way that people can't deny. Thank you, God. You know, as we're just praying, I just want to give the opportunity for people to say yes to Jesus. Maybe the the disconnect of the place that you've gone off course is in your relationship with God. And I'd love to give you the opportunity right now just to say yes to Jesus, maybe for for the very first time or the first time in a really long time. And you know what? We do this all the time. We give people the opportunity to say yes to Jesus and people say yes to Jesus all the time in our physical gatherings, but also online. People make faith decisions all the time. And if that's you today, And you know that the thing that you need to get back on course with is your relationship with God. What I want you to do right now, if you're in the room, I want you just to raise your hand real quick, really high. And if you're joining us online, there's a a button that's just dropped in the chat that says, raise a hand. We'd love you to click that as a way of saying yes to Jesus. And it'll take you through some next steps from there. Is that you? You're here with us today and you wanna start or restart your relationship with God. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you're on the move. Thank you that you're, you're changing hearts, you're changing minds where people, wherever people are. And God, I thank you that people are saying yes to you. The people are putting their trust, they're coming back to the main track. They're trusting you as their true north again, or for the very first time. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, I invite us just to stand for...